Welcome to Friendship with God. Today, Tom Cantor will teach us from Genesis chapter 1 how God is a creative God, a hovering and caring God, and a God that speaks and has great vision and solutions to remedy our problems. Now, this message is available for free download at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or available on iTunes, again, by searching for our Friendship with God podcast right there on iTunes. You can go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for Tom Cantor's daily devotional verse. That's friendshipwithgod.org for Tom Cantor's daily devotional verse. That'll come to your email or to your cell phone. You can also go to friendshipwithgod.org. If you have a lost Jewish friend that needs to be reached with the gospel, Tom Cantor has his life story on DVD and in a booklet form. We'll send that to them or send it to you to be able to give to them. It is a free gift from Israel Restoration Ministries and the Friendship with God radio program. Helps to support these gospel gifts going out to lost Jewish people, friends of our listeners of this wonderful radio program, Friendship with God. And you can donate online at friendshipwithgod.org to support this radio program and the gospel going to Jewish people. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or you can call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. And, of course, we have our resource of the month to help encourage you to support this Bible teaching radio program. It's Tom Cantor's book called The Life of Joseph. It's a wonderful book about the past, present, and future of the Jewish people, as well as the life of Joseph and its parallel to the Lord Jesus Christ as the Jewish Messiah. Now, if you'd like to obtain a copy of this resource, it's a $20 or more donation to the Friendship with God radio program, and we'll send this resource to you. 800-247-3051. 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051, or you can order it online at friendshipwithgod.org with our online bookstore. Now here's Tom Cantor teaching us from Genesis 1, how God is a creative and caring God. Father, we come to you this morning, and we're a, we're a, a very needy group, Lord. We need you, Lord, to teach us about yourself. We need to see the Lord Jesus Christ in the Scriptures this morning, Lord. And we need you to help us to become more like him, our God, our Savior, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, now, I'm going to read here in Genesis 1, and I want you to, I'm going to read the whole chapter this morning, and I want you to think um, about the uh, recurring patterns that you see in this chapter. I want you to look at it as an overview, as a whole thing. I want you to look at the, the sections. I want you to be thinking about the sections that we're going to be reading as well. Okay, verses, uh, here we go. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form, or it could be order, without order, or some other meaning could also mean without value, and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, and God said, let there be light, and there was light, and God saw the light, that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness, and God, God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day, or day one. And God said, let there be a firmament, or an expanse, in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. And God made the firmament, and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament. It was so. And God called the firmament heaven, and the evening and the morning were the second day. Another section now. And God said, let the waters under the heaven be gathered together unto one place, and let the dry land appear. 
and it was so. And God called the dry land earth, and the gathering together of the waters called he seas, or oceans, lakes, ponds, rivers, streams. And God saw that it was good. Next section. And God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed, and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth. And it was so. And the earth brought forth grass and herb yielding seed after his kind, and the fruit tree, and the tree yielding fruit, whose seed was in itself after his kind. And God saw that it was good. And the evening and the morning were the third day. Next section. And God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs and for seasons. Five biblical holidays. Three where all the males were to appear before God in Jerusalem. He makes the lights. He keeps going. Okay. And for year, days and years. And let them be for lights. Verse 15. And let them be for lights in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth. And it was so. Next section. And God made two great light. No, this is not a next section. This is a further explanation. And God made two great lights. The greater light to rule the day. The lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. And God sent them in the firmament of heaven to give light upon the earth. And to rule over the day and over the night. And to divide the night light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. And the evening and the morning were the fourth day. Now, next section. And God said, let the waters bring forth abundantly the living, moving creature that hath life and fowl that may fly above the earth in the open firmament. And God created great whales and every living thing that moveth, which the waters brought forth abundantly after their kind, and every winged fowl after his kind. And God saw that it was good. And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters and the seas and let fowl multiply in the earth. And the evening and the morning were the... Fifth day, next section. And God said, let the earth bring forth living creature after his kind, cattle and creeping thing and beast of the earth after his kind. And it was so. And God made the beast of the earth after his kind and cattle after their kind and everything that moveth or that creepeth upon the earth after his kind. And God saw that it was good. Next section. And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creepeth upon earth. So God created man in his own image, and the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. Further explanation. And God blessed man, and God said unto them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every herb-bearing seed, which is upon the face of all the earth, and every tree, in the which is the fruit of the tree-yielding seed. To you it shall be for meat, and to every beast of the earth, and to every fowl of the air, and to everything that creepeth upon the earth, wherein there is life. I have given every green herb for meat. And it was so. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. All right, now, we come to this passage. We, we Let's do a little review here. We come to the book of Genesis with this burning desire inside of us. This book has many, many things. The Bible has many, many things to teach us. Genesis has many, many things to teach us. But we have one thing that we want to learn about, especially above everything else. We have one singular interest when we come to Genesis, and that's one word. What would that word be? God. God. 
We want to know everything we can know about God. We want to milk this passage for every bit of information that we can find out about God. And that's going to be our goal. Because why? Because God is so important to us, as as Paul said in Acts 17. In God, we live, we move, we have our being. You know, like the hymn says, Jesus is all the world to me, my joy, my my life, my joy, my all. Everything. It's vitally important that we, that we learn about God. And so because we are his children, we don't want to just to learn about him so we can understand because we want to be like him. We want to copy him. Turn, if you would, to Leviticus chapter 11, where this is especially emphasized in this book of Leviticus. So I want to just park a little bit here in Leviticus. In Leviticus, um, we're going to start Leviticus eleven forty four. Notice what he says. For I am the Lord, your God. You shall therefore sanctify yourselves, and ye shall be holy. Why? For I am holy. You shall be holy. Why? For I am holy. Neither shall you defy yourselves with any manner of creeping things. Now look over in the same chapter, verse 45. For I am the Lord that bringeth you up out of the land of Egypt to be your God. Ye shall therefore... Be holy. Why? For I am holy. You'll be holy because I'm holy. Look over a couple chapters later, Leviticus 19.2. Speak, he says, unto all the congregation of the children of Israel, and say unto them, Ye shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. Look at the chapter 20, verse 7. Sanctify, therefore, sanctify yourselves, therefore, And be ye holy, for I am the Lord your God. Look over in that same chapter 20, verse 26 again. And ye shall be holy unto me, for I, the Lord, am holy. And have severed you from other people that you should be mine. See this continual repetition that happens here throughout. We we, we need to be like God. We need to be holy because God is holy. You feel that way? That, that we live in a very unholy environment. We live in an environment that wants to defile us, that wants to make us unholy. And, it's, and it comes in by stealth into our homes through what? Media. The television, the media. Very important to set a guard when it comes to the, comes to the media. I have a sign. My, mine's out of metal. and I'm going to pass it. You take one of these and pass it along. And this is what I, little sign I put on my television set under each one. Just a reminder for you. Be holy, for I am holy. Put it on your computer if that's also an issue. That's what God says. You see, this book is where we find, in the book of Leviticus, is where we find all these verses about being holy. What does that tell you about the book of Leviticus? It tells you it's a book on the holiness of God and how we can be holy. That's very, very important in this book because the second verse in the book of Leviticus starts off, if any man bring an offering, bring a sacrifice unto the Lord. The truth is, sin causes death. And redemption from our sin causes the death of another. You know, my... my um, my, my, my Jewish Hebrew teacher told me, uh, she said, uh, well, we, 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 we Jews don't study the book of Leviticus. I said, why not? <laughs> because we Jews don't have a high priest. 
anymore. We don't have a temple, and we don't have sacrifices, so we don't read it anymore. I've lost it. <laughs> that solves the problem, doesn't it? No, not really. I mean, just because you do this doesn't take away the truth and reality of it. The great high priest, he's come. He's the Lord Jesus Christ. Our bodies are the temple. We, we, we remember, continue to remember the sacrifices, uh, the, the great sacrifice that he made. We're going to do that in this service later on. We're going to go in our minds, in our bodies, back to Calvary and remember the cross where the great sacrifice is made. That's our fulfillment of the book of Leviticus. But the book of Leviticus is extremely important because it tells us we've sinned. And it tells us sin demands a price, sin demands a penalty, sin demands death. And it tells us, God says, if you get in my program, if you let me take you along, if you obey me, I have a program. And I will, look at it, verse 22, uh, sorry, chapter 22, verse 32, Leviticus 22 and verse 32. Neither shall you profane my holy name, but I will be hallowed among the children of Israel. I am the Lord which... Hallow you. I am the Lord which makes you holy. I am the Lord that can take your sinfulness and substitute it and give you righteousness and give you holiness. How does it do that? That's what the book of Leviticus is teaching through sacrifice. Through what's the key verse in Leviticus 17.11? It's about the blood. It's the key. It's about the That's right. He says, he says, the blood, I've given you the blood on the altar, for without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. That's the truth of Leviticus. He says, you know, and he says, I am the Lord who tell you. God, God says, leave it to me to make you holy and obey me and follow me. I'll make you holy. God says, I did it all. God says, I became a man, a perfect man, the perfect sacrifice. Everything that was demanded in the book of Leviticus, God said, I became for you, and I paid that price for you, and now God just offers this gift. All we have to do is receive the free gift. That's our part. Just receive the full gift of his death for us on the cross, believe that he died for us, and follow him. That's it. That's it. Now, the rabbis made up many prayers for the ritual, for, for rituals, Jewish uh, uh, rituals, holidays, and so forth, like lighting candles. And since I was a little kid, I heard these prayers, and, and they became ingrained in my mind. For, so over 50 years ago, I'm sorry that they became ingrained in my mind. You know why? Because they all start off, most of them start off like this. You sing them, Baruch Adonai, Eloheinu Melech HaOlam. And then it says... Asher Kidshanu B'mitzvotov, and then it goes on. And what it means there when it says Asher Kidshanu B'mitzvotov, it means that that made us holy. Now that's okay. From Leviticus, it's the next word. That's the error. That's the deception that's wrong. B'mitzvotov, by good works. That made us holy by good works. That's not in this book. Making us holy by good works. That's a curveball. That's a deception. Lots, you know how deceptions go? Lots of truth, lots of truth, lots of truth, then the curve. Asher Kiddushanu, that made us holy, lots of truth, just like the verse we just read, then the curve, by mitzvah by good works. That's wrong. It's wrong. 
I'm sorry it was ingrained in me. Because God doesn't make anyone holy by their good works. That puts, that's the religions of the world. All the religions of the world say that. Make us holy by good works. All the religions of the world can be summed up in one word. Do. You must do. There's 613 laws and maybe more. We'll keep adding. Do, 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 do. Do this. Do this. Do this. Do this. For Luther, climb up these uh, stairs uh, in Rome. And do, 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 do. And when you've, when you, and keep doing because you, you never, you never have doing enough. So do. That's the religions of the world. What is the, what is the religion of the Bible? Done. Done. It's done. Our part, simply believe what was done. That's what the Bible teaches. Now, the do part, oh, that seems right. That seems right. I think that's pretty good. That's what the Bible calls the way that seems right unto a man in Proverbs 14, 12. That's the way that seems right, but it's a disaster course. There's a cliff at the end. The end thereof are the ways of death. Now, that's kind of hard on man's pride to not do anything. You know, after Adam's sin and he ruined it all, you know, Adam says, I can fix it, I can fix it, I can fix it. You know, he says, I, 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 he says, I, I got some really good works. You haven't seen anything yet, God. Let me, let me become really religious. And God says to Adam, I think you've done about enough. <laughs> Please, don't do anything more. Just sit down and let me fix it. I will fix it. And you know what the cross is? That's where God fixed it. God fixed it at the cross. God fixed what man broke. Someone said at the cross, that's the place where God put the fruit back on the tree that man took. Not exactly, but anyway. Anyway, so that's a wrong prayer to make us holy by good works. God makes us holy by the sacrifice. God makes us holy by the cross. God makes us holy by what he did, teaching Leviticus. Now here, we learn from verse 1, and again, now so what we're doing? Milking out Genesis, learning everything we can about God. We find in verse 1, God's creative. God's a creative God. He loves to create. Isn't that something? God loves to create. He has... He, 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 he's commissioned us, as, as we've seen, to reach the lost. And he loves it when we have new creative ways to reach the lost. New creative ways to try to, to, to break the impenetrable wall of unbelief. That, God loves that. He says in Isaiah 43, 19, Behold, I do a new thing. That's God says that. And now it shall spring forth. So shall you not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. That's God. We see in verse 1. He's a God who creates and he loves creativity. Now, from verse 2, we saw that God cares. God hovers. We covered that in the past. He's a hovering God. From verse 3, we saw last week, God speaks. God loves to speak. He loves to reveal himself. He loves to teach us about himself. We know God because he speaks, because he has chosen to reveal himself. What more can we learn about God? Well, look in, in, uh, in uh, I want you to look here. We've read this chapter. Now, you tell me. In this chapter, where are all the places where God said, let there or be or let something like that? Okay, where's the first one? Three. Okay. Let there be light. There was light. 
Number one, three, six. six. Number two, let there be a ferment. God made the ferment. Verse seven, okay. Nine, Nine, let the waters be gathered together. It was so. Eleven, let the earth bring forth grass. It was so. Fourteen, let there be lights in the sky. It was so. Twenty, let the waters bring forth. God created the whales, the living creature. Twenty-four, let the earth bring forth. It was so. And then to verse 25, God made the beast. And verse 26, the last one, let us make man. And so God created man. Now, what do you see as a pattern here for how this creation took place? What do you see in these verses as a pattern? There was some, okay, what, what, what do you see God doing first? Okay, he spoke, he spoke, he, t- he spoke his mind, right? He spoke his mind. And first thing he did, one of the things you see here is God evaluated the situation and he assessed the need or the problems. There's one place in here where he actually, as you said, was that he speaks his mind in his assessment. Where's that? And he, he speaks his assessment about the problem or the need. Verse 2, he looks, at, he looks at the earth, and what does he say about it? Yeah, he says, he says, there's a problem here. There's a problem. How many problems did God identify in verse 2? Without form, void, and darkness. Three problems. He says it's without form it's, or order, or it's a waste place. Another, place. another rendering of this word could be it has no value. He says the earth has no value in its currents. Very interesting that God would view the earth as having no value at this point. Why did it have no value? Because of the second problem. It was empty. It was void. And it's another question now. Tell me all the times when God said it was good. For, after, he made what? Light. And then he signed it off. Said it was good. Okay? Why? Because he was finished making the light. Okay, what's the next time? Ten, it was good. Okay, after he made what? The dry land. The dry land. And the seas too, but the dry land. Okay. And then he signed it off. Says it's good. Because he, why? Because he finished making the dry land. He was finished. Okay. Twelve, after he made what? The plants, right? Vegetation. After he made vegetation, he, he signed it off. Said it was good. Why? Because he finished making the vegetation. That's, by the way, why he put the seed inside the fruit. So that, so that when we want an orange, we don't have to say, God, create another orange tree with oranges on it. He said, because he created the seed. So now, he, and then when we say that, he says, take the seed and plant it. Uh, next one, verse 18. Verse 18, he said it was good. After he made what? The, 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 the stellar lights, the lights in space, moon and sun and the stars. Okay. But why did he sign it off as being good? He was finished. He was finished with making the stellar lights. Moved on. Next one. 21. After he made what? Sea creatures and birds. Right? Sea creatures and birds. He said, and he, and he signed it off. It was good. Why? Because he finished making the sea creatures and the birds. Okay. Next one. Verse 25. After he made what? The land animals. The land animals. Because signed it off because he was finished making the land animals. You see the pattern? So, here's the question. After verses 1 and 2, when God made the earth, why didn't he say that was good? He wasn't done with it yet. He didn't sign it off as being good because he wasn't done with it. In stark contrast to all the things we've seen. it. Why, is, why was he not done? Because of the problems. 
Because the problems, the three problems which is stated, it was without form, it didn't have any value, it was void, it was darkness. Now, which of those three problems did God solve right away? Darkness problem. He solved the darkness problem right away by creating the light, and when he created the light, he signed off on the light. He said he saw the light, it was good, but he didn't sign off on the earth because there were two problems that still remained, right? Two problems were not solved yet. He wasn't finished yet. So God, so the heavens and the earth still had no value in God's eyes. They were without order. They, they, they were empty because they were empty. So he didn't sign them off. He wasn't satisfied. Thank you for joining Tom Cantor and the Friendship with God radio program today. Now, do you have lost relatives and family members that need to be reached with the gospel? Well, did you know that God The Lord Jesus Christ has lost relatives too. Millions and millions of lost Jewish brothers and sisters that need to be won over with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now God called Gideon to save Israel and he's calling you and I to reach lost Israel here in America by going to the Jew first with the gospel as Romans 1.16 commands us to do. Now Tom Cantor, the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries, the past three years has sent out over 700 part-time missionaries for 12-week campaigns that have gone to 18 different Jewish cities, reaching over 5 million lost Jewish people in the U.S. alone and many more around the world from Israel to Canada to South America. And we want your help to reach more Jewish people, lost Jewish people, with the gospel. So a $20 or maybe even a $500 donation towards Jewish evangelism and getting the gospel out to lost Israel in America. We need your prayer support, but your financial support too. You can support us in our effort to go door to door and street to street and person to person with the gospel by calling us today at 800 247 3051. 800 247 3051. 800 247 3051. Thanks for listening.